Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter as we talk to you about college football, Major League Baseball, the NFL, and of course, our signature segments, The Vault of Hilarious Contracts, your weekly turtle tab, Mike's Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Predictions. We are a Midwestern-based sports podcast, and the Midwest is part of the United States of America, which is part of the North American continent, which is a part of this great planet we call Earth, right? So it's fair to say that all sports that we cover on this podcast are terrestrial-based sports. But I have a question. Can you name the one sport that has been played extraterrestrially, not on this Earth? Didn't somebody hit a golf ball on the moon once? Yeah, look at you go. Alan Shepard, Apollo 14, he snuck a a six-iron golf head up on the lunar lander and attached the golf head to a a soil sampler, and he smacked the golf ball with it. So technically, golf has been played on the moon, I guess. There's your fun fact of the day. Extraterrestrial sports. Couldn't that, like, really screw up some of their physics calculations if they had the weight of an extra golf club on the rocket? Apparently not. They they had the golf head and I think three or four golf balls too. Interesting. Stuck on there. Interesting. So, yeah. Right, right. Because like when you watch like Apollo thirteen, right? They talk about how not having the the hundred pounds of moon rocks or whatever, right? They're supposed to get from the moon, screwed up their re-entry angle, right? So I would have figured that you know adding more. Anyway, I digress. I guess a couple ounces for like two or three balls and maybe, maybe a pound for a club might not throw it off that much. Yeah, who knows? I'm not a physicist, especially not a space physicist. So I'll leave that math to the space space physicists. There's a real name for that, not space physics. What's it called? Astrophysics. astrophysics. Well, we ain't talking about golf or astrophysics. We're talking about, well, we're going to start with football, right? That's almost That's astrophysics, funny. right? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it in football has basically become as dramatic as going to space is at this point, with everything happening. And I'll let you get into it, Mike, since you're more familiar with Big Ten territory than any of us are. Yeah. So um, over these last couple of weeks, there have been a lot of uh, big things that have happened. Uh, in college no football. Pun yes. No, there was there was a pun intended. You just ruined it, Kyle. You just ruined it. See anyway. So I yes, like to the, ruin things. You do. Like the college football season. You keep trying to I didn't to ruin, ruin that. Yep, that's all your fault. All we're about to talk about is your fault. Just keep that in mind as we talk about it. Anyway, so late um on in the evening of the of August 10th, uh, August 9th, August 10th, somewhere in that range, um, the news leaked that the Big Ten had voted to cancel the college football season. And then they come out as those rumors are swirling, and they're like, no, 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 we didn't vote to do that. We didn't vote to do that. As far as we're concerned, the season's still on. And then the next night, they come out and say, yeah, we canceled college football. So like they canceled it, and they uncanceled it, and they canceled it again. Anyway. So the Big Ten is not playing college football, but the thing that the big thing that we're looking at here is a couple things. First of all, it seems so the the university presidents were the ones who made this vote, which I mean that's their job, right? It's their job to decide these big things. But it seems to me 
just from looking at a lot of the reaction around the conference, that they made these decisions without talking to their coaches and athletic directors. Because um, on the, the night of the 10th, when those rumors first started to circulate, pretty much every Big Ten coach or half of the Big Ten coaches came out and said, no, nah, we want to play. I don't know what's, we want to play football. And it's like, did, did these presidents, like, even if they didn't take the coach's input, did they at least tell them what was going to happen beforehand? So we didn't have this all out rebellion in the conference. Well, one of the, one of the coaches that gained the most traction was Scott Frost, the head coach for the university of Nebraska, Nebraska and Iowa were one of two schools out of the 14 who actually voted against canceling the season. Uh, They weren't for canceling it. And Nebraska's head coach, Scott Frost, it's actually a pretty interesting interview. And I think it 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 reflects a lot of the um, thoughts and where a lot of these student athletes actually are very, very well. So it's a very good um, press conference interview to listen to about what these coaches are feeling for their student athletes first and foremost just putting aside all the and Mike can actually give you the real number all the money that is going to be lost in the Big 10 just by not playing football this season yeah i mean there's a ton of i mean nebraska is set to lose something like 120 million dollars this year out of the athletic department budget wisconsin is a similar number at about a million or about 100 million i should say um some other schools are a little less than that but there's just all kinds of money. Fox, the TV network, um, lost $126 million in ad revenue just from the Big Ten canceling. Um, and that, you know, that's just Fox. That doesn't include what the Big Ten network and what ESPN lost in ad revenue um, as well from the Big Ten canceling. There was a ton of money involved in this decision to cancel football. And like Nebraska, and I mean, Kyle said that Nebraska was upset about it. Nebraska and Ohio State was so upset about this decision that they thought about going rogue and going to play with a different conference um, for this season. Both of them eventually relented because the Big Ten says, uh, if you do that, we're kicking you out of the conference. And uh, neither of them was willing to do that for one year of football. But yeah, there were a lot of unhappy Big Ten schools and Big Ten fans and Big Ten parents. Um, By parents, I mean uh, parents of the football players. I've seen letters from Ohio State's football parents, Michigan's football parents, and Iowa's football parents um, about how they weren't given any input and they wanted this season to happen. The parents of the players thought this was safe enough to play this season. Um, So there's been a lot of pushback from the Big Ten decision, including Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields starting a petition um, to play the season or for the Big Ten to reverse their decision and play the season anyway. Um, it's not going to happen. The Big Ten is not going to go back. They, they've already done it, and they can't go back. But the, the, the ineptitude and lack of leadership on the Big Ten's part of this was, was just insane, right? You can't waffle on a decision like this. I mean, earlier, like four days before all this happened, they just released what their new schedule for the year was going to be. Like, why did you release a schedule if you were going to cancel four days later? Things didn't change enough in those four days to go from confident enough to release a schedule to canceled, right? It didn't change enough. Like, I don't, I don't 
I'm not going to be the one to say whether canceling was right or wrong. Right? That's outside of my area of expertise. I haven't looked at the experts and the numbers. But nothing changed enough in those four days to, to, to change that much. The lack of leadership from the Big Ten has been absolutely mind-bogglingly poor in all of this. So you you talk about um, the leadership and the expert, quote-unquote, experts that they've been listening to. So the Big Ten and the Pac-12 both came to an agreement that they thought that canceling the season was in the best interest of their schools and their student-athletes. But yet, all across, or across every single Power Five conference, it seemed like every expert that they were consulting with was saying something different. So a lot of this, the fate of college football rested on the Big 12. The Big 12 conference was advised by the University of Kansas Medical Center as well as Mayo Clinic to make their decision. And both of those teams of experts said that with all of the plans that were put in place by the likes of all the institutions, including Iowa State, Texas, and Oklahoma, primarily in the forefront, they said that everyone's precautions were good enough and they thought this season could continue. So basically what happened is the Big Ten or the Big 12 met, what was that? The the next evening, like Wednesday of last week. Was that when it was? Yep, that's when the Big 12 met. The, the Big 12 met and they pretty much unilaterally decided, yeah, we're everyone was in agreement. Yeah, we're going to try and push forward and play this season. So the Big 12 ended up really saving college football. And then, uh, of course, the SEC and the ACC were committed to playing pretty much the entire time. But a lot of what you were talking about with the players and parents not even knowing about what was happening, one of the players a very prominent player in college football, Trevor Lawrence, was the most vocal uh, back when all these rumors were starting to fly around. And that it really like hit home to where a lot of these parents were hoping that their kids could play. And I'm quoting Trevor Lawrence in a few of his tweets that he put out uh, that day. And, and I quote, people are just a, are at just as much, if not more risk, if we don't play. Players will be all sent home to their communities where social distancing is highly unlikely and medical care and expenses will be placed on the families if they were to con uh, contract COVID-19. Not to mention the players coming from situations that are not good for them slash their future and having to go back to that. Football is a safe haven for so many people. We are more likely to get the virus in everyday life than playing football. Having a season also incentivizes players being safe and taking all the right precautions to try and avoid contracting COVID because the season slash their teammates' safety is on the line. Without the season, as we've seen already, people will not social distance or wear masks to take the proper precautions. And a lot, a lot of that is speaking to like the, the nature of trying to get the season going, football going, and just kind of getting back to a normal. The players want to play, as we saw from the the upset teams and players and coaches from the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. The players want to play. They want to play this season. Well, they're, they're now waiting while at least the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC push forward. Yep. 
Yeah, so like Kyle hinted at, the Big 12, uh, ACC, and SEC are pushing forward. Um, the Big 12 is going to play that 9 plus 1 uh, schedule that we talked about previously, so the 9 conference games plus 1 non-conference game. Um, that means the Cyclones will open the season September 12th. Their non-conference opponent will be Louisiana, the Louisiana Legion Cajuns. Um they're better than the, uh, what was it, the Louisiana Lafayette team that Iowa State saw last year and ran out of the building. Um, but they're still, you know, not a Power 5 team, and that's a game that Iowa State should definitely win at home at Jack Trice Stadium, even if they aren't fans. Um, so that game will be September 12th, and then there'll be a week off on the 19th, and then the 26th will um, start conference play for the Cyclones. So that'll be the season. Uh, Louisiana on the 12th and then a week off and nine conference games over the next 11 weeks after that with two bye weeks uh, bye weeks put in there. So once the season gets closer, of course, we'll do our Iowa State uh, preview with the wins and losses and whatnot. But for now, just take a look at that schedule because that is what the Cyclones are planning to play. Um, Kyle, you get one other piece of Cyclone-specific news, right? Yeah, uh, one last in, I before I thought it was over, but there was another award handed out to Brock Purdy. Or not handed out, he's on a watch list for it. He was added to the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award for this upcoming season. What, so, is, that, what is that one for? That is for, I am looking it up currently. You, you're not prepared for these things, Kai? You should have known I was going to ask that question. I figured I could fly under the radar with that one. Uh, the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award is given annually to the United in the United States to the nation's outstanding senior or fourth-year quarter. What? What? Brock Purdy's a true junior, isn't he? Yes. I don't know how he was added to this list. Huh. And it's even... In here in Sports Illustrated as well, and Iowa State, the actual Iowa State football Instagram account announced it as well. So, going to be on the watch list for the 2020. I don't think they come out with them that early. I wouldn't wouldn't think so. Weird. Yeah, that is strange. Huh. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on that one. Maybe he'll win it anyway. That would be cool. For sure. We'll, We'll definitely keep an eye on that one. But, I mean, maybe they just had to nominate more quarterbacks and they didn't have enough to nominate for the watch list because uh, without the Big Ten and Pac-12. Maybe so, because I'm actually I'm I'm looking on the official uh, the their official page and Brock Purdy is listed on the watch list. Okay. And Justin Fields is on here as well, and he is not a senior either. And so is Trevor. Trevor Lawrence is also a junior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Keep an eye on that one. Either that or you looked up the wrong award. I definitely did not because the first link brought me right to the right to their website. So And that's what it said on their website? Yes. Huh. Interesting. Well, somebody figure that out for us and let us know how we got nominated for that award and why, because now I'm really curious. So curiously curious. Um what's Sort of curious are some of the uh, division leaders in Major League Baseball. Um, We're about one-third of the way through the season. I believe the Twins just played their 21st game on 
on uh, the last Sunday. It's their 22nd game, actually. So we're more than a third of the way through the season for most of the teams, the ones that haven't had uh, COVID disrupt part of their seasons. And Kyle is going to give us a rundown of who's in first. Not who's on first, who's in first. Who's on first? What's on second? Uh, so in the AL East, the New York Yankees are currently atop that division, uh, playing some good baseball. They are without uh, one of their players, John Carlos Stanton, who cannot seem to stay off the injured list. Uh, Minnesota is playing very well uh, in this season against everyone except the Royals so far. Oakland is owning the AL West. Uh, in the NL, Miami, which is the surprise, they have played the least amount of games in that division, obviously, but they are still leading that division due to their winning percentage. Uh, the Chicago Cubs are atop the NL Central, and the LA Dodgers have finally gained the lead in the NL West uh, as the Rockies have started to slip a little bit. Yeah, the, the I mean, the big surprise there, right? Miami, for sure, is the biggest surprise, um, right? After their long, uh, what, they had like a week and a half off because of COVID, and then they came back and won like four straight um, and are still uh, leading that division. They're playing nine and six ball um, up ahead of Atlanta with that 600 winning percentage. And then I think um, Oakland is a little bit, not necessarily surprised they're winning, but how far ahead they are. Right, they're four and a half games ahead of the Astros at this point. Right, that is the yeah, that's the biggest division cushion in baseball, and I certainly didn't expect uh, Oakland over Houston to be that uh, division at this point. I didn't either, but pretty much the entire batting order for Houston has been struggling, and they have played quite a few games against Oakland so far. Which, no surprise, they're in the same division. You're playing all your pretty much all your games against your. The same against your division this year, yep. uh, and that's just how it that's just how it's shaken out for them. Oakland has scored the second most runs in the league in the seventh inning or later this season, so they finish games strong. Uh, they are only four runs behind the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks for most runs scored in the seventh inning or later. I mean, they're also in fourth place in run scored period. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's impressive that Arizona is that high on the list because Arizona is like Neil is not not close to the lead. The, the problem is for Arizona, their starting pitching has given up way too many runs early on, and uh-huh. a lot of those runs are pretty much meaningless at the end of the game. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But, yeah, so those have been the two biggest surprises in baseball for me. Well, that and, the, you know, the fact that the Tigers need to figure something out. So going back to last season, the Tigers won the first two games against the Indians back last season, right? Then they had 17 more games uh, scheduled for that year, and the Indians won all 17 of them. So going into this year, the Indians had won 17 straight games against the Tigers, uh, and then going into this weekend, uh, the Tigers were hanging around second place in the uh, AL Central, a little bit of a surprise. And then they go ahead and get swept by the Indians again. The Tigers have now lost 20 straight ball games against the Indians. I saw today that it, that's the second longest, um, longest streak in baseball history. 
um, to have seven or to have 20 straight games. The only one that was longer than that, let me pull it up here. Um, the Orioles won 23 straight games against the uh, expansion Royals in 1969-1970. So that's that's the record is 23 straight games against one team, and the Indians are getting really close to that over the Tigers. They got to figure something out. That's just embarrassing at this point. It's just embarrassing. Yeah. Um, other interesting news notes across baseball. Um, Kyle and Wyatt, you got anything? Just a just a little bit of a check in for the uh, Houston Astros, who are not batting well at all. Jose Altuve is batting is batting sub 170 so far on the season. He actually was moved down in the batting order for the first time since he was called up. Majors down below fourth in the batting order. Uh, they just continue to be in a slump, and maybe it's because they don't have an idea of what's coming. So that's that's probably what's starting to hurt them on the offensive side of the ball right now. You sound it a seems little, like a major coincidence. You sound a little too excited that uh, Houston is struggling. Oh, I'm so excited. One of my favorite Twitter accounts to follow right now is the Houston Astros Shame Tour. Everyone should go look it up. It's hilarious. They post a single night. You're the second person this week to tell me to go look up that Twitter account, so maybe I'll have to do that. It's fantastic. I'll, I'll have to go do that after this episode so I can see if you're right or if you're exaggerating. I don't like it. I wouldn't like it if you were exaggerating. That would make me sad. It better be good now. You've hyped it. it. It's quality content. Okay. Do you know what else I'm hyped for? The NFL. The NFL. The um, twin or not the twins. The Vikings did take a little bit of a hit today on the injury side of the or the in uh, with an injury. That's did you hear about Trey Waynes? Trey Waynes doesn't play for the Vikings anymore, Kyle. Or not Trey Waynes. One of your cornerbacks got hurt. That's news to me. I heard that Trey Waynes got hurt, but he doesn't play for the Vikings anymore. Maybe I just saw him in a Vikings uniform and he assumed I, he played for the Vikings. This this is the quality content that every every one of our listeners comes back for. Trey Trey Waynes plays for the Bengals now, Kyle. Ah, but yes, well, he did get hurt. I was like, I didn't see any Vikings news injury. How did you figure out Vikings injury news before me? But you didn't. You just you just forgot who played for whom. So. Well, it also it also was. I'm looking at the picture right now about it, and they have it posted with him in a Vikings uniform. I mean, that's a because he hasn't. That's because he, you know, hasn't hasn't been in the uniform of a new team yet. So, I mean, that that probably has something to do with it, huh? Maybe a little. But yeah. Um. So, in case you have forgotten how close we're getting to football season. Um, the first week of preseason games would have been uh, last weekend had uh, this been a regular year. So we're getting really close to the start of uh, the regular season here, um, which is still scheduled to start on time. Um, as of right now, the season is scheduled to start on time. Um, there will be no preseason games. Um, instead of the first preseason game happening here, um, the first padded practice um, what were this weekend, at least for the Vikings. I presume other teams are on similar schedules. Um, yeah, so that's going to... So football is common. 
it'll be weird having no preseason games and jumping right into the uh, regular season. But, um, yeah, first preseason games would have been this weekend, and we are getting uh, closer and closer. Um, and Kyle's got some more updates on some big uh, tight end contracts and some other uh, football news you want to fill us in on, Kyle? Yeah, so since the season is starting soon, um, news broke today from Chiefs camp that the Chiefs will begin the season uh, with their um, opening home game uh, with 22% fan capacity um, at Arrowhead Stadium. So Arrowhead Stadium has roughly a capacity of 77,000. So with 22,000 in attendance, that's I'm rounding up a little bit. It's right around 17,000 fans that will be attending uh, Arrowhead Stadium for their first game of the year. Um, so that's pretty big news for um, some some fans out there. You know, as much of us have seen all of the cardboard cutouts in the MLB, that will not be a thing if there are real fans in the stands at NFL games. There were there was some massive money handed out on the tight end market this week. Uh, news broke early or early last week, I should say, or actually midweek last week, that George Kittle uh, and the San Francisco 49ers finally reached an agreement on an extension. It is a five-year extension, which breaks the tight end contract market. Uh, he will be the highest paid tight end with a total of $75 million on that contract with $30 million guaranteed at signing. He also has an injury uh, guarantee, which means that if he gets injured at any point during his contract and is not able to play another game, he gets a certain amount of money. We saw that with Patrick Mahomes' contract, and that seems to be something that is late. The day after that news broke, Travis Kelsey agreed to a four-year extension, keeping him in Kansas City for the next six years. Uh, he agreed to a $57.25 million extension with the Chiefs, similar to the Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes contract. His first two years of that deal, he gets very, very little money in base salary to keep their salary cap low. Uh, but he has a gigantic cap hit his last two seasons uh, of that extension. So it's good to see that the Chiefs are, obviously for my sake, the Chiefs are keeping a lot of their offensive core intact uh, going forward. So that offense is going to be scary for at least the next four years until the Tyree Kill and McCole Hardman deal run out. Yeah, it's amazing what the Chiefs have been able to do with that uh... – $177 into five signings, including throwing half a billion dollars. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, been that's that's been some good content. They need to they need to give a raise to whoever uh, figures out their con their salary well, cap stuff. <laughs> they don't they don't have any more room for that for him to make more money now. I mean, you'll, I mean, you'll probably get a bonus. I mean, instead of actually actual raise in salary. I mean, you know, front office personnel don't count against the salary cap, right? I know. It was a joke. It was a bad joke. There's no joke. more money left. It's a bad joke. They've given it all away. It was a bad joke. That's all I'm saying. That's all. I digress. Do you have anything else to talk about in the NFL? I don't. Okay. I don't have anything else either. That means you get to keep talking. That's what comes next. 
I think you guys will enjoy this one in another edition of the Vault of Hilarious Contracts. So this week, we are going to the English Premier League uh, for a former Swedish soccer player, Stefan Schwartz. Uh, He signed a 4 million euro deal uh, with Sunderland of the English Premier League, and it contained one of the more interesting clauses in sports history. So Sunderland banned Schwartz from boarding any space travel flights, indicating that his contract would be voided if he was on a commercial space projected to be ready back in the early 2000s by 2002. Uh, Sunderland was a huge fan of space travel uh, and was very interested in being on one of the first flights up into space. Uh, And they put in his contract that if he ever decided to go that route, his contract would be. They were trying to keep him on Earth. So there are two things, two two comments on that. First of all, space travel, commercial space travel in two by two thousand and two. That that yeah. they were concerned about. They were concerned. Okay. Just yeah, they were concerned I, about it back in two thousand and two because he, little... he played a long time ago. They're a little bit off on that one, I think. Yeah. Just like, you know, the flying cars from Back to the Future, those didn't happen uh, yet either. Just a tad. Just, just a little bit off. And second thing, like, why would you give up that much money to go into space? Like, you go into space after the contract ended. And exactly. Keep, keep all the money. Just, no, I'm but, just saying. But his, he wanted to be on, he wanted to be like the first person up there on a commercial space flight. He wanted to be the first citizen, basically, uh-huh. to be able well, to go up. Well, he's he's, he's still waiting. He, he is, yeah. Still waiting. And he played out the rest of his contract. I hope so. I hope he didn't, like, void his contract to go sit and wait, because then he'd be bored for the rest of his life. Just yeah, saying. pretty much. That is a good one, though. I hadn't heard of, I'd heard of, like, a no surfing clause, like, was in Marcus Mariota's contract. Like, I mean, that one makes sense. And no space... The Patrick Mahomes, you can't play any sports outside of football contract or clause. He should come pitch for the Twins, following his father's footsteps. Well, he is a part owner of a baseball team now. The wrong one, though. It's not the baseball team. See, have you guys seen the cute pictures of Pat Mahomes in a Twins jersey as a kid with his dad? If you yes, they are this. very cute. Very but cute. Pat, Pat Mahomes looks better in powder blue. No, no, he doesn't. Twins have powder blue uniforms now, by the way. I know. Those, Wednesday those and were, Sunday home games. Those were rough. You didn't like the powder blues? No. Blues? No. You got against those baby blues. I mean, I don't know if I like them or not either. I the Royals baby blues are much better than those. Did the Royals also wear their baby blues no. yesterday? That would have been confusing. That would have been very confusing. They were forced to wear their home whites because of you guys wearing your baby blues. Yeah, like, don't. Hey, home team gets uniform selection. Those are the rules. Those are the rules, so you don't get to complain. Um, yeah. Anyway, speaking of the Twins, we are going to go into everyone's favorite segment, our weekly Turtle Tab, where we inform you on all the happenings of baseball's Savior Willens Ostadio. Um, fun fact, I was wearing my Willens Ostadio shirt, you know, and it says La Tortuga on the back, and somebody walked up to me, and asked if I went on a mission trip to save turtles, and that's why I had La Tortuga on the back of my shirt. 
And I was like, no, that's that, that, that's not quite it. And she was like, oh, sorry, carry on. And I was like, okay, thanks. Bye. Anyway, I digress. Um, Ostadio is still um, back at the St. Paul training site, um, waiting his opportunity to make the Major League roster. I've started to hear some rumblings that he might be coming up. Mitch Garver, the Twins uh, starting catcher is really struggling offensively. Um, so it might be good to get another catcher on the roster. Plus, you know, just um, flexibility that Astadio brings. If somebody gets injured, he'll probably be the next player up. So I'm starting to get some rumblings that Astadio could be up soon. But for now, he's just working out at the St. Paul site with the rest of the uh, minor leaguers. So there you go. That is your weekly turtle tab. Moving on to everybody's second favorite segment, um, Mike's Stupid Rules. We are going to continue with our theme of baseball rules. Um, And we're going to go with another one that I did not know about. This one was news to, I believe, all three of us when we were talking about this before the show, correct? Correct. It was definitely news to me. But so basically, so as we've talked about before in this segment, right, if you're a base runner, like you're running between first and second, and you get hit by a ground ball, right? You're out, right? The ball's dead and you get hit by it and you're out. But did you know that even if you are standing on a base in fair territory, of course, because the bases are fair. So if you're standing on a base in fair territory and you get hit hit by a batted ball, you are still out. Even if you are standing on the base, if you get hit by a batted ball that is in front of the infielders, um, you are out, if you are in fair territory, even if you are standing on first, second, or third base when it hits you. So the base can't be used as a safety for that. The one exception to the rule is if the ball is called an infield fly. Then if you are standing on the base and you get hit by a ball called as an infield fly, then you are, um, then you are safe. But if you are off the base and you get hit by an infield fly, you're still out. So in general, being on the base when you hit by a batted ball does not save you. You will still be called out if you do that. Basically, moral of the story, don't get hit by a batted ball. Be better than that and avoid it. Don't get out. Make sense? Dollars. Heck yeah, it does. I like it. Rolling right along into our accountability session, which is not empty. We actually have five predictions coming off the board in our accountability session this week. So it's actually a pretty big one. Um, First prediction, come off the board. We had a couple that were correct um, off the start, and then we'll have a bunch that are wrong afterwards. First one coming off the board is Kyle, who predicted a while ago that Iowa State would not play 12 football games this year. Um, That's correct. They won't play 12. 12 regular season games, that was. They'll play a maximum of 10. So that, Kyle gets a ding, 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 ding. Um, that's a, that's a very one. sad ding, though. Yeah. Yes, true. This one is not a sad ding. I predicted that my uh, softball team would win at least two games this year. We still have three weeks left in the regular season, and we've already won twice and tied once. So for that, get a ding, 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 ding. 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 Um, Josh predicted that Christian Yelich would hit at least three home runs in his first five games. He only hit one. So for that, he gets a nah. <laughs> Kyle predicted that Whit Merrifield would have eight hits in the Royal Series against the Cubs. I think you said he had four, Kyle. Four is less than eight. So, nah. nah. 
And I predicted that the Wild would make the Western Conference Finals. Um, they actually uh, got eliminated in the qualifying round in Game 4 of their series after the most boring overtime ever. It lasted 11 seconds. I was so excited for some playoff hockey overtime because that's the most exciting thing in sports. And it lasted 11 seconds before Vancouver scored and ended the overtime. And I was very sad. Anyway, I digress. Nah. Nah. Um, that is all five of our right that uh, our predictions coming off the board in our accountability session. So there you go. I'll turn it over to whoever's going to put predictions on the board. That's me. And since I'm pretty good at getting predictions wrong as of late, I'm going to throw another outlandish one up there and say that the Royals are going to be at least 500 or better against the Twins this season. Kyle, the, you realize that's not outlandish. That's like a bunt single. The, the, the Twins and Royals are playing 10 games this year, and the Royals have already won four with four games left to play. Basically, you're predicting the Royals will win one of their next four against the Twins. That's a single, at best. It's not even, yeah, that's not outlandish. Well, Unless you're saying 500 or better the rest of the way. We're just going to go 500 on the season because I, I actually need a something up there. Yeah, that's I, a I need to get some things right. Unless why it's crazy, that's definitely a single. No, no. Yeah, yeah even, even the Royals should beat the Twins one out of the next four times. Right? <laughs> you would hope, way. but hey, for the past, they didn't win a, se- a series, a series against the Twins since 2018 until this year, so been yeah. rough sledding I mean, against the twins the recently twin, the twins went what did i say it was like 14 and 5 against the royals this uh last year so that's tough if uh that's that's what happens but yeah my prediction is that uh tortuga willens astadio will be on the major league roster for at least one game at some point in the next two weeks so by the end of august basically Willens Astudio will be on the Twins Major League roster for at least a game. I, Only if someone gets hurt. I give that a. I give. Uh, I'm between a single and a double because the Twins have actually suffered a few injuries so far this season. Mm-hmm. Donaldson can't. Yeah, Donaldson can't stay on the field. Who else is going to get hurt? Yeah, we'll single? see. I I was thinking the same. All right. I was hoping for a double, but okay. I'm going to give you a single. We're going to give you a single. Okay, fine. I'll take a single. I'm going to stay on my role of predictions that require no thought whatsoever and say that the Cubs are going to sweep the White Sox. Um, where are the games played? Uh, in in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Wrigley. At Wrigley. Um, Three-game series or four? Uh, let me double check. I think it's a White Sox, Cubs. On do, do. Unless it's a two Two. Yeah, I suppose nope. it could have been a two or two. So three game series, okay. Uh Cubs are better than the White Sox. The White Sox can hit hit two. The White Sox aren't horrible even. I'm I'm thinking triple. Triple? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm okay with that. It's not a home run. I probably should be the way the Cubs have been choking. I mean they did just get swept by the Brewers last weekend, right? Yeah, I know. We just lost the first game of the doubleheader today to the Cardinals. Oh, yeah, the Cardinals have to play so many doubleheaders the rest of the year to make up for oh, all yeah. the games they lost via COVID. I think they have, like, 12 doubleheaders scheduled. 
They had, uh, I think, I think they're going into the Royals. They're going into the Royal season series coming up soon, and they have to play something like um, twelve games in eight days, some crazy amount of games, twelve or thirteen games in eight days. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of games. I'll take a triple for that. Do we have anything for uh, Josh this week? Is he still yes. Alive? He is alive. He survived the uh, storms that tore through central Iowa. I hope all of our central Iowa listeners are are safe and uh, healthy and hopefully have power back soon. Um, Josh predicted that the Brewers will win their next two series, both series this week. For reference, that is a three-game series against the Twins in Minnesota and then um, a three-game series... um, in Pittsburgh against the Pirates. They should win that Pirates series. You would think. Um, One would yeah. think. The Pirates are the worst team in baseball right now. However, they like completely smashed the Reds in like one game that I saw. To be fair, the Reds aren't very good either. But they like stomped. It was weird. I, I still think the Reds might win this division. Just saying. Uh, I don't. Their, their bullpen has to get it together. Their bullpen has the worst ERA in the, in the NL. I think. At least they did when the Royals played them. Yeah. That Royals bullpen is sneaky good, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that's really holding this team together right now. Yeah. Besides the top of that order. Um, what are we going to give him? Ah. I'm between a double and a triple for that. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it, that's what I was going to say. Um, I was leaning towards double since literally everything this year is such a toss-up. I was leaning towards lean triple. triple. Sounds uh, like it's a triple then. I think we should give triple. triple. Yes. Right, triple it is. I'm not mad about it by any means. Triple it is. Even if you were mad about it, we wouldn't change it. Sorry, guys. Nope, too late now. So with a single single and a triple triple, we conclude our write that down prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the ep- end of the episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode 93 of the 8311 cast. If you're sticking around, make sure you check out our Instagram at 8311cast. And of course, drop us a line on our contact, 311cast.fireside.fm slash contact. Signing off, the 8311cast. We have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Tear. We'll talk to you next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.